Welcome to the Teams with Edge podcast with me, your host, Ashley Livingstone. I'm an entrepreneur, leader, and passionate community advocate. I love to learn, be creative, and to teach others the joy of leadership. Now, it's hard to believe, but we are in our fourth season of this show. And over the past few years, I've had the pleasure of offering insights and doing amazing interviews with like-minded leaders who are inspiring, joyful, and dedicated to building a culture of development and gratitude. Now, I'm on a mission to help you become the leader you want to be. I want to help you create a thriving, sustainable culture which inspires your team and helps you and your business thrive. So, let's connect, engage, and develop your team. Ultimately, I want to help you show up for them so they show up for you. All right, let's do this. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Teams with Edge. I am so excited to have this conversation. I have a special guest with me. Kim is joining me all the way from, where are you? In the States. Maine. Maine. Yep, yep. Yep. I was going to say Northern Maine. I'm not in Northern Maine anymore, actually. I'm in Southern Maine, but you know, the most Northeastern state in the country. There you go. In the U.S. Yeah. So Kim and I met in Tulum. In Tulum. In Tulum. We did all the Tulum activities. We did the ice baths. We did the yoga. We did the not talking to our families for four days. The sunset. The no social media. The no social. It was amazing. And the quiet mornings. The quiet mornings. I appreciated actually. I loved it. Yeah. And I wanted to have this conversation because... Kim admits that she is a recovering perfectionist. And so I'm so interested as to what that actually means and what that looks like. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining me. So let's dig right in. Tell me what being a perfectionist, how you defined that. What did that look like for you? So I feel like perfectionism has just defined my entire life. And, you know, I've been on this self-development journey for, for quite some time now. Um, but jumping into, um, the same community that you and I are in, which is what brought us to Tulum together. I've been a part of that community for about eight to nine months now. Um, and that's really, it's really with this journey that I've started to identify myself as a recovering, um, because, you know, there's, there's no perfect way to not be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> such a good one. No perfect way to not be perfect. And, you know, I think a lot of it stems from my childhood, my upbringing, my father, which I never really thought about it before up until, you know, I started diving into this for myself, but he himself was much, very much a perfectionist, mm. um, go-getter, very much, you know, outgoing. He was an entrepreneur as well. And, um, he, he was just go, go, go. And so that was really kind of the role model I had to look up to growing up. And there were, you know, some high expectations set of me, of course. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, getting the straight A's and doing this, doing that. And so even though there was a lot of good intent behind that, I think the underlying message that ultimately, uh, led me to believe in myself is that I just am not enough. 
that it doesn't matter how far I strive for perfection. There is no such thing. And so it really started kind of overtaking my entire life. And, you know, there was a long while that I was dealing with some anger issues, um, which is a whole other topic, really a whole other podcast. Um, but I think my perfectionism had a lot to do with that. I would get so in my head about things and if things, my environment wasn't just so, um, or things weren't going right in my life or, you know, and when is everything going just right? Right. Um, it would drive a lot of my anger mm. and, um, it's a side of me that, you know, I tried to hide for a long time. Um, but it was also, it was also a part of me that was kind of like crying out for wanting to be heard as well. It ultimately ended up having an impact on, um, my marriage and, um, which is really kind of what brought me on this journey. So we are, you know, my husband and I are in a much better place now. Um, so I'm very thankful and grateful for that. Uh, but yeah, it really just kind of defines my life. And even now, you know, it's like I said, there's no perfect way to not be perfect. And that's the battle I'm facing. It's like, I'm trying to hold the mindset of it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You just have to do a little bit at a time, move the needle forward. You know, so what if the laundry doesn't get done today? There's always tomorrow, just as an example. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still just that mental battle. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting about even in the professional development journey and trying working at releasing perfectionism you're not going to be perfect at it right there's going to be time and times plural when you know you kind of slip back or something frustrates you and you think about why is this frustrating me well it's actually an old habit um, or you're triggered by something. And I know for myself, I, I don't think I ever really identified with being a perfectionist. Um, I'm more of that like rebel at times where I went against being perfect because mm -hmm. I think I was always told that I was never going to be. So I think that that still <laughs> is you being perfect right? Or striving for right. it. Even if you think I'm not going to be, I'm not going to try and be perfect. You're trying so hard not to be. Not to be because <laughs> I was told, you know, there's always going to be someone better than you, or there's, you know, there's always further to reach again, well-intentioned, but it was this whole, like, you will never be perfect. So don't try, but perfect was still the ultimate goal. Does that make yeah, sense? It makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. We should um, ban that word from this episode. Yeah, I. It's such an interesting way to think about it. Of, you know, how being a perfectionist shows up in your life. So, how was it really? Like, what made you see? You know, other than the anger, because I think the anger is a symptom of perfectionism and not not feeling enough but what were some of the ways that you realize now looking back that perfectionism was coming in and taking over your life yeah and and, and like I said I it wasn't until recently I started identifying this way right mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't used to think of myself as a perfectionist I just thought that that was just the way life is meant to be mm -hmm. and 
Um, so now when I can, when I reflect back, there's so many ways I can pinpoint on how perfectionism um, has come up and I can, and most notably recently, I've been noticing it with myself um, in parenting. Mm. Um, you know, you want to be the best parent you can for your children. And so it's that it's, it comes up for me as like always judging myself, um, being self-critical. And then I have to take myself back in the moment and I have to give myself grace and say, Mm. okay, Kim, you're not going to be perfect. You're just doing the best that you can. And that's all you can do. Um, and I can apply that with every aspect of my life. So parenting, um, I'm a runner. So when I run, you know, if my pace isn't as great as it was last week, there's that piece of it. And it's like, okay, but you did the best you could do today with the energy that you have today. Um, and where you're at, you know, in your season of life, same thing with work. And so it really presents itself all the time. And I think it's just a matter for me now of being mindful um, of when it shows up and, um, and I don't always catch it, mm-hmm. but, and sometimes I catch it after the fact, right? So when I reflect back on my day and I'm like, oh yeah, mm, there it came up again, there she is. Um, but it's just being mindful and just trying to give myself grace um, and more compassion. Yeah. Well, especially because, so I find, you know, a lot of my listeners too are, are parents. So, or leaders of teens, right? And we are so hard on ourselves. And then when we think about how would we talk to our kids or how would we talk to a team member? Or how would we, um, yeah, speak to a friend who says to us, why well, didn't run as fast as I did the day before? <laughs> right? Like how would we respond to them or a team member who, you know, what I find is when the team members are really focused on, it's got to be perfect. And they kind of get sucked into that, that vortex. Like, how do we pull them out? Like what, what to say to people to say, okay, like we're going for See, I'm going to even stop with that because good enough sometimes still doesn't sound like a good thing. It sounds like you're settling. It sounds like you're settling. Yeah. But sometimes good enough is good enough and it's Mm -hmm. not a bad thing. What do you think about that? That just kind of came to me. Yeah, no. And you're onto something there because, you know, back to what I was saying earlier about the feeling Uh, of not being enough or not doing enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the mentality I've been trying to take is it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? So if my energy right now is that I can put in 10% versus the 50% that I really intended on putting in um, on whatever, you know, thing I'm working on project, a chore at the house, something, you know, an activity with my kid, whatever it is, it's like, okay, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You still showed up. And, and that mm-hmm. sometimes just has to be good enough. Um, you have to just give yourself compassion that you're doing the best that you can in that moment. Yeah. I think that's the part of it, right? Is that best, the best you can in that moment and knowing that another moment may open up where you're able to do better. And then yes. there's going to be another moment where 
you're actually not. And that has to be okay. And that has to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I've been diving into, and, and, you know, this is a whole other topic, so I'm not looking to necessarily dive into there, but this is new for me. And I've been kind of diving into sync, cycle syncing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to kind of, you know, put it at a high level perspective, you know, every woman goes through um, seasons throughout the month in their cycle. Um, or if not, if you don't have an actual cycle, then you could, you know, go along with the seasons of the moon but with that comes energy levels and so I've been tapping into that lately and the reason I find it so intriguing is because you know you could have certain times of the month where your energy levels are at peak and you're like yeah I could do this I can run a half marathon I can take this on I can start this new project you feel good leading your team you know whatever it is and then there could be other times of the month where you're just like man, I just don't, I don't even feel like showing up today. Um, and so again, it's recognizing where your energy levels are at Mm -hmm. and being okay with that. Yeah. And that's for me, I know been a bit of a challenge as well of, you know, feeling so good one week or for a couple of weeks and then being like, why am I feeling so anxious or why am I feeling like constantly getting into my red zone? And And I know too that, you know, with everything, it's just monitoring that, how do I want to feel and how am I going to show up? And I love what you said about giving yourself grace and compassion, because I think that's the biggest piece to this, to getting over perfectionism is giving yourself a chance to actually try something different and try it a different way. Mm -hmm. I also notice when, you know, my son would constantly, and he still struggles with it, like, be so upset about, you know, he got a B or an A minus, and he didn't get perfect. I'm like, we have never kind of put perfect out there as something to go for. I'm actually like, very aware of it. But sometimes that's just like in you or he's looking around and being like, well, that kid did this. I want to like, why am I not getting this? Mm-hmm. And it's a comparison. Yeah. So comparison mm-hmm. and perfectionism, I think live together. Um, they love to hang out, but I often remind him and it's a good reminder for myself. You know, if I was looking for this goal, but I got, I, you know, I didn't hit it. So I realized people can't see me and I just did hand motions. So I'm looking for the top goal uh, and I didn't hit it. What did I do to actually prepare myself to get there? Right. And often we want to be perfect. We want that perfect outcome, but we don't put in the effort or do the work consistently to achieve those results. Hmm. Yes. How would you? What do you think about that? When it comes yes, to and I was actually thinking of that earlier, and and it's just showing up, and um, even if it looks messy, mm. it's just showing up. It's taking action. Um, and you said it just right. It's the consistency, because if we, you know, like you said, if we're striving for X, right, and it's like that high, that high goal, um well, what are you doing to get yourself there? If you are not consistent with showing up, 
if you are, you know, only or, or not even putting in any effort. And sometimes you, it's, it's just, you know, mess. It, it's, well, I don't uh-huh. want to say messy because you do have to take messy action. But if you're not putting in any effort, then you can't expect that you're going to necessarily achieve what you wanted to achieve. Yeah. Um, so it's showing up consistently, but also recognizing that it's not going to necessarily look pretty along the way right? There's no perfect way to show up messy. You just have to keep showing up. And that's where the consistency comes into play. You just have to keep moving. You just have to keep moving forward um, and putting in um, some kind of attempt at what it is you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And I think that whole piece around do your best and your best, I think what was hard for me to understand or I understood it. I just don't think I appreciated it (laughs) was I did my best, but my best is still not as good as your best. Mm -hmm. Do I still give it my all, even if I know I'm going to come in second? Well, you know, and what's interesting about that is it goes back to that comparison Mm -hmm. because you might be thinking of that in me, of me, for example, right? You're, you see something in me and you're, and you say, okay, I tried my best, but you still, you're the one who still got first place. So you still did better than me, but there might be something else about you or another aspect about you or your life or something else that you're going after. And I'm thinking the same exact thing about Mm -hmm. you. So it's like what we see as a lack in ourselves. um, Someone else might see as a positive in us. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. So when your colleague gets promoted and you were also putting in for that promotion or, you know, you wanted to close that deal and somebody else got it, you still did your best. And I think for me, that mindset shift was, I don't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a perfect outcome because perfect doesn't actually exist, but I can keep my head held high when I know I truly put in my best effort mm-hmm. and I was compassionate with myself along the way. It's when I don't give my best effort and I don't get my results <laughs> that I'm harder on myself because I know mm-hmm. I didn't actually go all in. And by all in, I don't mean all or nothing. I mean like fully in, fully believing, fully being willing to put in the effort that I want. Um, So what would you say, because I know that when you started your personal development journey and this kind of came to light, what do you think was the first thing that you had to do to shift that mindset? Oh, man. Well, the actual action, the physical action that I took um, was journaling. Mm. And that is something that I have always resisted. There could be a number of reasons why I don't even know what it is. It could be writing my thoughts on paper or just taking the time to actually do that or fear of what might come up and Mm. out of me and on paper. But a lot of it was journaling and just journaling about, um, about everything about life, just putting pen to paper and just letting it flow. So that was the first action that I took. And then as far as like the mental action that I took, it was really being mindful and, and actively thinking with everything 
it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Um, so, you know, I just, just as an example, household chores is one thing that can and has historically driven me absolutely bonkers um, because I always set the expectation or the bar too high for myself. So I could have, and I think a lot of people can relate with this is you have a to-do list and you're, as you're checking off things off your to-do list, you're still adding more to that to-do list because Uh it's never ending. There's always something to do, whether it's with chores or something else, right? Paying bills. I don't know, you know, just adulting, I guess you can say. And it's just a never ending list. And so I could like take a day off from work and just have, you know, this list. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to tackle today. And I might get through 60% of that. Um, and then at the end of the day, I'm down on myself because I didn't get to hundred percent, but, but it's realizing that, well, first of all, my list wasn't realistic. I set an unrealistic, it wasn't measurable. I couldn't, I could not attain that even if I had enough hours in a day to do it. Um, but then it's also, well, you still got 60% of that done, Kim, you move the needle forward. Okay. So there's still one load of laundry left, or maybe you didn't get to vacuuming the entire house, but you did vacuum this floor, you know, the main floor, um, or, you know, whatever it is, you just have to know that you're, you, it, sometimes like we were saying earlier, it's just good enough. You did the mm-hmm. best that you could. Um, and you just have to know that it, it's just, you're never going to be able to strive for that yeah. perfection because, you know, someone else could look at your list and look at you and say, that's just not realistic. What are you thinking? Um, it's always easy for an outside perspective to look in and tell you that, but when you look at it at yourself, it's, you, you just kind of overshoot, I think. Yeah. Or you think this is what has to get done. It has to be done. And I'm a big proponent. So I teach in my time management course that I lead. I talk about ditching the to-do list. It is one of my most favorite things to tell people to do (laughs) is to ditch your to-do list. And usually it's met with like so much resistance and shock, but it's for that exact reason that you just said. You add things to a to-do list, but you don't associate time with it, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. time that it takes. And you look at this list and your brain either is like, okay, let's go, let's dig in. Or your brain starts to resist, like this is going to be overwhelming. And you just, you have no concept of how long it takes you Mm -hmm. or, you know, how much time you should be setting aside. So when you look at those big to-do lists, it can be very overwhelming, especially if you think it's all going to be done now, but taking those items from the to-do list and blocking it off in your calendar is okay. I'm going to set an hour aside to do this, or should take me 20 minutes to do this task and building it in there. All of a sudden you're like, Oh, this is everything I wanted to do, but here's what I actually have time to do. Right. And that is such a freeing spot. Yeah, absolutely. And to even add to that, you might have something, um, you know, a task that might take longer than that 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But if you recognize that you only have 20 minutes to do that task, then that's the expectation you set for yourself. And you're like, okay, if I just, if I just do this thing for 20 minutes, then I can move on. At least I know I got 20 minutes of that piece done. Yep. 
Um, and so that's the other aspect of, of the all or nothing. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Just move the needle forward. Just do, you know, even if, if you're looking at something, a task that's incredibly daunting and you keep putting it off, keep putting it off, keep putting it off, but you know, it has to get done. So, so, so touch it for five minutes, five minutes, dedicate five minutes and then move on. Um, and you know, one of two things could happen. You could find that you end up with a boost of energy and you end up doing more than that five. And you're like, oh, sweet, even better. Um, or you can walk away feeling good that, Hey, I touched it and you know, tomorrow's a new day and I'll put another five minutes in. Yep, exactly. And I love bite-sized tasks Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, I think it just, like you said, it does, it kind of kickstarts us sometimes, especially with the things we don't really want to do. Um, Okay. So my last, I guess, question is how can someone support another person in releasing perfection? (laughs) Do you think they can? Well, that's a really good question because I lean on my husband for support a lot. And I think sometimes I don't realize I'm leaning on him for support with my perfectionism, but he, he sees it in me Mm. from a mile away. He can identify it before I can identify it in myself. Um, and so I think it's a two part way to that, right? So I think you have to be open to receiving that support. Um, sometimes we get so caught up in our own perfectionism that, um, you know, if we're not willing to change that about ourselves, we might not be willing to let that support in. I have been on this journey and I am, you know, even though it's a battle every day, I'm sick of striving for that perfection. That is a part of me that I do want to let go. And so I have given my husband permission, call me out of my shit, <laughs> call me out. You know, if he catches me in my overwhelm, um, I give him full permission to call me out. And sometimes I I catch myself and I'm like, oh, you're absolutely right. Mm. I'm not being realistic about this thing. Thank you. Um, But you have to be open to that. You have to be open to that, receiving that support. You have to be receiving of it. I think too, I'll add maybe, you know, for someone who not necessarily isn't open, but they don't even realize they're being a perfectionist is... When you're communicating with them, setting realistic expectations because they're unable to. So if it's someone that you work with or your partner in the house or whatever it is, setting realistic expectations and really being clear and communicating that, that, you know, you're expecting this, um, not, you know, the full thing or whatever. Like, and I think as a leader that that's, a really important piece because oftentimes leaders will just say, here's what I need from you. And then they just like blast it out there. But the next step to that should be, here's what I need from you. And here's how we're going to break up that workload or here's what I need from you. And here's when I need it by, um, and the expectation of what it's going to look like, sound like whatever it is. But Otherwise, a perfectionist will likely get stuck in the runaround of their version of perfect, not somebody else's version of perfect. 
Yes. And you bring up such a great point too, because I, I do lead a small team, my company. Um, and with the line of work that we do, we are, most of us are type A. So we do have that perfectionist kind of um, aspect about us. And I have a couple on my team. Um, and I, and I, and because I am such a perfectionist or recovering perfectionist, I identify it in them. Um, and I do, I have to be that leader in them and say, okay, you know, we need to take your A plus work down to an A minus. And it's not that I don't want you to do good work. It's just that we need, we, we need to not go that extra mile because we need to find a way to be a little bit more efficient. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like you said, it's really breaking that down and setting the expectations. Yeah. I think too, and I've heard other people say this, that perfection is the killer of good. Hmm right? Because you can't get anything out. You can't move forward on things. You can't progress if you're constantly waiting for it to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I've seen in other people when they're so focused on their version of perfect that it actually steals the joy from the journey. It does because you just keep letting yourself down. Yeah. You just let yourself down and that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it's, it's a joy stealer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we want people to have joy. We want people to be present in their lives and that progress is so important. But if perfection is standing in the way of progress, um, you're just constantly going to be in that cycle of of frustration and disappointment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Constant. Yes. And I saw myself in that cycle. And I didn't see it in myself when I was in that cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, now that I can identify it, I, um, I can, I can reflect back and see when I was in that cycle and now I can identify and uh, pull myself out of it. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you know, again, there's no perfection in pulling yourself out of it, right? It's easier said than done. So it's the same thing with giving yourself grace and compassion. You are still going to be critical of yourself because that's human nature. Um, But it's recognizing it and then not being judgmental about it. It's just recognizing it and saying, okay, here it is again. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you don't, it's just, there's so much joy in life, but when that perfection gets in the way, um, it could rob you of that. Yeah, totally. And I think there's always lessons in, all of the things that we've had to learn to release or new stories we've had to shape. So what do you think your biggest lesson with all of this has been? Oh, let me think about that for a minute. I feel like there's a lot of lessons here. I think, you know, the biggest one for me has been finding, and this is kind of deep here, but this, it's been, it's really, this journey has been finding a love for myself. Mm. Uh, We talk about perfection, stealing joy from your life. And I think for me, perfection stole love from myself. Mm. Um, I always lacked a lot of confidence and um, so, so, so critical of myself that I just could not look in the mirror Um, and tell myself, I love you. And really my lesson learned here is that you are meant to be on this planet. You are worthy. Um, and you are worthy of joy. You're worthy of love and you're worthy of this life that you have. 
And um, when you let perfection getting get in the way, you are blinded on all of that. And so the biggest thing for me now is I'm starting to find that love for myself. Um, and so with that comes the joy um, that has been masked from me. So I think that's my biggest lesson in letting it go is, is that you can live a life of fulfillment um, and feel accomplished even without checking off that to-do list. Love it. That's amazing. Thank you, Kim. Um, if people want to learn more about you or follow you, I know you have, you often post about like your running journey and all of that. Where can people just follow along if they want some more Kim? Yeah. So I am, I can be found on Instagram. Uh, my, uh, profile on there is running on grit. So running dot on dot grit. And I created that page, uh, probably about a couple of years ago, really to share my health and fitness journey. Cause that's a whole other chapter of my life. Um, and, and now I'm sharing a lot of my self-development journey. Um, I am a runner, so I do share some of that on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm also, um, affiliated with an athleisure wear company, um, called Savvy S-A-V-V-I. So I do share some of that on there as well. So it's just kind of like a mix of everything, but it's, it's just, it's Kim. <laughs> it's you getting to show up imperfect. Yes. And just <laughs> hope to be an inspiration to, yeah. other people, you know, we well, all have a story for sure. And I think that's the beauty of it all is we all have a story and regardless of how it looks on social media or what it looks like walking down the street. Everyone's got their own baggage that they're dealing with. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for hopping on here and having this conversation with me. Um, thank it you. Was, it was perfect. <laughs> yes, it was a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Like what you heard? That's great. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player and leave us a review. Great reviews mean so much to us. And they also help others who need us find our show. So I want to know from you, what do you think is holding you back from becoming the leader you know you can be? Whether it's conflicting priorities or time, or maybe you just need a little guidance. I know there is hope. You can do this. So I'd love to hear from you about your challenges or your successes as a leader. We can learn together how to inspire one another and build the culture we want, not only in our work lives, but in our personal lives. So if you're inspired, join the conversation in our LinkedIn group, Leaders with Edge, or reach out to me via our website to schedule a call. Alaforte.ca. That's O-U-R. F-O-R-T-E dot C-A.